Welcome to Life Church's online Easter message. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us and to learn with us. Leave a comment below on the video and let us know you're here and share the message with a friend. To begin this morning, we're going to read a scripture from John chapter 11. It says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So let's begin this morning with prayer. Father, we come before you this morning, this Easter morning, and we thank you that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We thank you that he's alive today. We thank you that he is here with us, no matter what we're going through. We thank you that he cares about us, that he loves us. And those who believe in him have eternal life and they shall never die. We pray that as we look at your word this morning and remind ourselves of the resurrection and learn more about its importance, that you would draw near to us, that you would give us hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, happy Easter. I'm glad that you're joining us to celebrate Easter 2020. Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we've chosen to name the message this morning, The Risen Lord. And my prayer is that God would encourage each one of us and give us hope for the future. Let's look at 1 Peter 1.3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so because of that resurrection that happened 2,000 years ago, we can be born again and we can have a living hope that never is disappointed. Because of the resurrection, we can have hope that nothing is impossible with God. We can have hope in the, in the current crisis, no matter how it is affecting us. We can have hope that God will provide, that God will protect, and that God will bring healing as we trust Him. We can have hope that God has a good future planned for us as we follow Him. First. Corinthians 6.14 says, And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. And so we can have hope that we will be with the Lord forever and eternity. Just as God raised Jesus up never to die again, so he will raise us up as well. We can have hope that our sins are forgiven and we can have an eternal relationship with God. Romans 10.9 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this morning we're going to see that the resurrection is, is not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It's a historical fact. And belief in the resurrection is required in order to be saved. Without the resurrection, Jesus would still be dead and he'd be incapable of saving anyone. But the good news is that he's not dead. He's alive and he is Lord of all. 
He wants to give each one of us hope this morning. In the midst of a crisis that none of us would have dreamed would be possible just a few months ago, God wants to give us hope as we draw near to Him. No one knows how this crisis is going to proceed except God Himself. So let's put our trust in Him. This morning, open your heart to receive God's hope into your life. And as you choose to receive that hope, as you choose to put your trust in Jesus, He's going to remove fear. He's going to remove worry. He's going to remove anxiety and replace it with His peace. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at the story of the resurrection from the Gospel of John chapter 20. And I'd encourage you to read it this week. Uh, We're not going to be able to cover every verse, but we're going to cover the important ones. So as we begin, first of all, we need to believe the empty tomb evidence. Our story begins in verse 1 of John chapter 20. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, Jesus had been crucified on the cross three days earlier on Friday. We call it Good Friday now. And our story begins with Mary coming to the tomb early Sunday morning. She was coming to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body with spices to offset the stench of decomposition as she assumed he'd been dead for three days. But when she arrived, the first thing she noticed was this huge stone that was covering the mouth of the tomb It had been moved away. And she noticed as she peered into the tomb that Jesus' body was missing. Verse 2, So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And so Mary came to the conclusion that since the body was missing in the tomb, someone had stolen the body of Jesus and taken it to an unknown location. And so she quickly ran back to tell Peter and John about this unexpected and and very disturbing news. Well, the disciples wanted to confirm her story. And so in verse 6 and 7, it says, Then Simon Peter came, following him, that is John, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up, in a place by itself. And so Mary went back to the disciples, and Peter and John began to run towards the tomb. John was the faster runner. He got there first, but he didn't enter the tomb. Peter came a little while later, and he went inside. And when he went inside, he saw the grave cloth that had wrapped the body of Jesus lying there in the tomb. Even the face cloth that had covered Jesus' head was there, and it was neatly folded apart from the other cloths. Now, all of these details about the grave cloths are the first evidence that the body was not stolen. You see, grave robbers would have no reason to unwrap the corpse, let alone neatly fold the face cloth and leave it behind. The disciples were still struggling to understand what was happening after the death of Jesus. And in verse 9, it says that They did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Jesus himself had told the disciples on multiple occasions that he was going to die and rise from the dead. But but somehow they did not understand. 
Neither did they understand the Old Testament prophecies that the Messiah would rise again. But the empty tomb is a strong piece of evidence that Jesus had risen from the dead. The Romans had posted soldiers as guards outside the tomb to prevent this very thing, that someone would steal the body and claim that he had risen from the dead. But somehow, despite the guards, despite the stone in front of the tomb, the tomb was now empty. The Jewish leaders and the Roman government searched everywhere to find the body of Jesus to disprove the resurrection, but nobody could find the body because there was no dead body. Something supernatural had happened. The prophecies that Jesus had spoken about himself as well as the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah had been fulfilled. Jesus, the Messiah, who had been declared dead by Roman soldiers who had crucified him, experienced at crucifying many people, had been buried in the tomb, Jesus had come back to life after three days. The scripture says that when John saw the empty tomb, he believed that Jesus was alive. And so when we read the evidence of the empty tomb, as we are this morning, we also must believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, never to die again. This morning, do you believe? Let's continue our story and understand what happened next in some supernatural encounters. Our story continues in verse 11. It says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And so as Peter and John had run and raced back to the tomb, Mary had followed along behind. And after they'd looked in and seen uh, Peter and John had looked in and seen that the tomb was empty. They had gone back to the other disciples, but Mary remained at the tomb, overcome with grief. Not only was Mary grieving the death of Jesus, now the disappearance of his body gave her even more distress. But then she stooped to look into the tomb one more time, and, and something was different. Something had changed from when she would first looked into the tomb. God was going to give her an angelic confirmation. It says in verse 12, And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And so now, besides the grave clothes which were lying in the tomb, there were two angels sitting there. We know from the Gospel of Matthew that an angel had rolled away the gravestone. And these angels asked Mary, why, why are you weeping? Of course, the angels knew exactly what had happened. Jesus had ridden from the dead. And that was an event of great joy, of great celebration. Not something to be grieved over. And yet Mary, Mary did not yet understand what had happened. She was still thinking that someone had stolen the body. And then suddenly, Jesus appeared. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And so Jesus asked Mary the same question the angels had asked her, why are you weeping? And as he spoke to her at first, Mary did not recognize Jesus. Perhaps from her grief, tears clouding her eyes, or perhaps there was something different about him as he had risen from the dead and was now in his glorified body. She was still focused on the thought that his body had been stolen. And then Jesus said one word. He called her by name. He said, Mary. And as he spoke her name, she immediately recognized who he was. And she called him Rabboni, or teacher. She believed that Jesus had now been raised from the dead. And her tears were replaced with joy after these supernatural encounters. And so we see that first John, Peter, the, and Mary, and then the rest of the disciples believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. The good news of the gospel that was proclaimed in the early church was first and foremost that Jesus had been crucified. And then three days later, he'd risen from the dead and he was alive. The resurrection of Jesus is crucial to Christianity. It's not an optional part. It's an essential part. There is no hope of salvation without the resurrection. You cannot be saved. You cannot have eternal life without believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But once you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, once you accept him as your Lord, you can have hope in every situation of life. Jesus has promised that he'd be with you in life every step of the way. And when you pass on, you'll be transported into his presence in heaven. And one day when Jesus returns, everybody's body, whether dead or alive, will be transformed into a glorified or eternal body just like Jesus. And so this morning, we can have hope. We're going to pray together at the end of this message that God will send hope through his spirit into every heart that is listening. And when you believe the good news that Jesus has been raised from the dead, you must tell somebody else the good news. Let's look at the very first things that Jesus told his followers after he revealed himself alive to them. What did he speak to Mary? Let's look at verse 17 of John chapter 20. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. And so once Mary recognized that Jesus was alive, she began to cling to him, not wanting to let him go. She finally realized he was there and she was filled with joy. But Jesus knew that in the near future, he would be ascending back into heaven to be with the Father. In the meantime, Jesus instructed Mary that she should go to the other disciples and tell them what she had experienced. So Mary let go of Jesus and she immediately obeyed, went back to the disciples and told them about her encounter with Jesus. That evening... Sunday evening, after Jesus had risen from the dead, the disciples were in a locked room because they were afraid of what the Jews might do to them. And suddenly, Jesus appeared in this locked room in the midst of the disciples. 
And he showed them his hands, which had the holes of the nail prints in them. He showed them his side, which had been pierced with a spear. And the disciples believed that this truly was Jesus. He had been raised from the dead and he was alive and they began to rejoice. And then just as he had for Mary a task for her to accomplish, Jesus had a plan. He had a mission for his disciples. He was going to send them on this mission. In verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so first of all, Jesus blessed the disciples with his peace. They'd been afraid. They'd been in hiding in a locked room. And he breathed peace into their hearts, replacing the fear. And then he gave them their mission. God the Father had sent Jesus into the world on a mission to die on the cross that our sins might be forgiven and to be raised from the dead. And now Jesus was sending his disciples to bring the good news of the gospel to the rest of the world. Jesus was going to ascend back into heaven shortly, within 40 days, and they were to spread the message. And then Jesus did something rather curious. He, he breathed on them. And in the original Greek language, this echoes the language of God breathing life into Adam in the book of Genesis. And so he was breathing, not physical life, but spiritual life into his disciples. They received the Holy Spirit. They were now born again. The Holy Spirit had been with them, and now he was in them. He was inside of them. They would need yet another encounter with the Holy Spirit, spirit baptism, before they were fully equipped to be his witnesses. And we're going to talk more about that in our next message series from the book of Acts beginning next week, Church Without Walls. But the Gospel of John is making it clear that those who believe in the resurrection are sent by Jesus, including us who believe today, not just the original 12, to tell the good news to everyone around us. And so this Easter Sunday, we need to ask ourselves, what is our response? What should our response be to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? The evidence of the resurrection that we've talked about this morning and much more we haven't had time to discuss proves that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and is alive today. There's, there's no alternative explanation. Do you believe, along with Mary and the disciples? If you believe in the resurrection, you know that it means that it changes everything. If you believe in the risen Lord, then your next step is to ask for his forgiveness and to commit your life to him. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in a few minutes. If you're already a believer this morning, then, then Jesus' message to Mary, Jesus' message to his disciples is the same message to you and to me. You've believed. You've experienced being born again. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and now Jesus sends you into the world to tell others the good news. God calls us as believers to, to spread hope to the hopeless. Now let's be clear. Hope is only for those who believe in Jesus Christ. We have hope both in this life and we have hope for eternity. The only hope for those who do not believe is that they would believe. And while they still have breath, 
while they're still alive, there's the opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. Without Christ, there is no lasting hope, either in this life and for eternity. Now, in this current crisis, many are thinking about the reality of life, death, and eternity. We have the truth of the gospel that begins with the resurrection. Let's ask God to help us to find creative ways to share this truth, the truth of the resurrection, with those searching for hope. And I believe that God will help us to touch many more lives for Jesus. This morning, if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and be born again. It's very simple. I have it broken down into three steps. A, B, C. First of all, you need to admit that you've sinned and ask Jesus to forgive you. Secondly, you need to believe that he died on the cross and paid a penalty for your sins so you could be forgiven. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And to believe that he rose from the dead and is alive. And then see you commit your life to following him as your Lord and Savior. So I'd like to ask you to pray along with me as I pray this prayer. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like this before. I'd encourage you to pray. Maybe you've prayed a prayer a long time ago and you've wandered away from God. I, I'd encourage you to pray it again and recommit your life to Him this Easter morning, 2020. So let's pray. Pray along with me in your own heart and mind. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been living my life my way and not yours. I repent. I turn away from those sins. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you, Jesus, died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. And I believe that you rose from the dead and you're alive today. I commit my life to following you as my Lord and Savior, all the days of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for the record of your word in John chapter 20 that we've studied today that tells us about the resurrection of Jesus. Today we share the joy of those early disciples when they first learned that Jesus was alive. We ask that you give each person listening Today, an infusion of hope. Hope that can change their lives here and now and hope for an eternity with you. Take away anxiety and fear that seems to crowd into our hearts and minds these days and replace it with your peace and joy. We trust you to, to protect us, to provide for us, and bring healing to us in this time of crisis. Give us divine opportunities to share the truth of Jesus with those searching for hope. Send us to those hurting and those looking for answers. We ask that in this current crisis, you awaken many hearts to the truth of Jesus this Easter and in the following months. Watch over and guide our missionaries who are facing this crisis in foreign fields. May each of us grow stronger as we trust in you more and more. Help us to find joy in the midst of this trial as we trust in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
If you prayed this prayer today to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time or to recommit your life, we'd like to pray for you. We'd like to send you some helpful information. So please indicate that you prayed in the comments below uh, this video. Or you can contact us via Facebook Messenger or you can text a message to our church number 636-529-0700. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, our stewardship scripture this week is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. It says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And so we believe that God will supply both our physical and our spiritual needs as we continue to give faithfully to the church so that he can continue to bless us. And so we have online giving that's available at lifechurchstlouis.org slash give. And checks can be mailed into the church office at 15036 Clayton Road, Chesterfield 63017. We thank all those who have been continuing to give faithfully to God and to support our church family and our missionaries around the world. If you're watching this service on Facebook at Sunday, 10 a.m. Easter Sunday, click the link in the Facebook post to join our Sunday Connect Zoom video conference, which is going to take place immediately after this message concludes at around 10.30 a.m. We're going to have some time of fellowship, get to know each other, discuss the message a little bit, and pray for anyone that has a pressing prayer need. It'll be a great time. We encourage you to join us. So God bless you. Have a great Easter.